I was expecting armed protests today. They didn't come. Please, don't get me wrong. I'm not angry about it. Any day where there are not armed protests, daddy's happy. But I was told, I was told that there were going to be armed protests at the Capitol today in Washington, D.C. And that's why we needed to have more more National Guard members. That's why we needed to have more police presence. That's why we have to keep all the fencing up. It's March 4th, don't you know? Beware of the Ides of March. Hold on, what's that? Uh, that that's March 15th. So, so today's not the Ides of... Today's not the Ides of March. Oh. March 4th is the day that was supposed to be Inauguration Day until it was moved. Constitutionally, it's March 4th. It got moved. To January 20th. Don't you know? Also, cute story, my father's birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. It's not his birthday today. I just, you know, possibly forgot last time around. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. But there was some kind of conspiracy theory that uh, you, you got you got the, the, the QAnon folk. You've got March 4th. And all of a sudden, Biden was going to be out and Trump was going to be back in office. I don't know how it was going to work. Step one, get crystals. Step two, who knows? Step three, profit. Like it was that kind of idea. I have no idea why anybody bought into it, why anybody believed it, any part of it. None. But they were all worried. They were all worried. I think Pelosi is trying to say they didn't cancel the the, uh, session for today, right? It was because they thought there was going to be a riot. Now it's like, oh, there was some other reason. No, 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 no. You you bought into the nonsense. You bought into the crazy. Well, the FBI heard chatter. Well, I'm sold. Last time the FBI heard chatter was, I thought, on January 6th or about January 6th. And you know how much extra security we had? Zero. Oh, you're trying to learn your lesson. Or when you had actual information and you got offered assistance, you didn't take it. And now when it's politically advantageous, you're all about doing the things like keeping the National Guard around and keeping the fencing up. It's hard to trust you, Speaker Pelosi, if only because you're just so untrustworthy. No, nothing's happened at the Capitol absolutely positively nothing and i mean that 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 is a good thing but they want to keep the national guard there another two months another two months honestly just keep them there until they're really sweating because there is nothing like washington dc in july you know they don't just call it a swamp you know it actually is a swamp right One of the reasons it got picked is that it was a swamp. People would get in, want to do their work, and get out and not hang around. Right? You make the deal with with, with Alexander Hamilton. Right? Listen, I want myself a monetary system. Well, we're we're willing to trade. Well, we won't put the capital in New York. We'll have the the capital there uh, in, in Virginia. And they said, hmm, good, good, good on us. And then Aaron Burr was like, no one else was in the room where it happened, the room where it happened, the room where it happened. No one else was in the room where it happened, the room where it happened, the room where it happened. More show tunes than any other radio show in America, everybody. That's what we do over here. That's what we do over here. I mean, we've got them all. 
I could I could actually use Hamilton for almost uh, everything. You want to talk about the vaccine? I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I got you covered. I got it good. You want a great headline? Like a world-class headline? This is from the guys over at Breaking News. Democrats will not take up Biden's immigration plan this month. House leaders don't have the votes to pass the bill. This according to Politico. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> You're gonna need congressional approval and you don't have the votes. I'm telling you, it applies everywhere. Everywhere. It's easy. By the way, how in the world do Democrats not have the votes? How do Democrats not have the votes on an immigration bill in the House? What exactly is in this immigration bill? By the way, it, 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 it's, it's not just Hamilton. I, I, I've got a panoply of, of things uh, going on here. I got I got a little bit of of, of everything for you, Gu- guaranteed, or your money back. And now it's springtime for Hitler and Germany. See, I got you covered on everything. I can even do TV. Oh yeah, all of it. I actually had a welcome back Cotter reference on Newsmax yesterday. I was talking about uh, HR1. I was talking about this this uh, ridiculous voting legislation stuff, about the so-called reforms that Democrats want to put forward where you don't even need an ID to vote. You can do same-day registration to vote. On election day, no ID. Just be like, hi, I'm here to vote. Who are you? Doesn't matter. You're right. Votes over there. Don't forget, Democrats. Like That's, that's the system. By the way, Representative Benny Thompson of Mississippi, the only Democrat to vote against H.R. 1. And they're already doing a a, a story uh, about him. My constituents oppose the redistricting portion of the bill, as well as the section on public finances. I always listen and vote in the interests of my constituents. All right, man. I mean, if that's your standard, I absolutely positively have no issue with that. We could disagree about things. And by the way, this public financing for uh, elections, I'm still learning how that works and plays out. Here's how it got described. It creates a six-to-one match for grassroots contributions to a candidate up to $200. So, for example, this is how it's described. A $200 donation to a House candidate would garner a $1,200 match in public funds for a total contribution of $1,400. And it comes from this surcharge on criminal and civil penalties and settlements that corporations pay to the U.S. government, thus incentivizing government to bring more lawsuits and penalties against corporations, which it does. Congressional Budget Office says it would generate $3.2 billion over 10 years. Now, the whole thing uh, passed 220 to 210. So this is the only Democrat who, who opposed it, and he had specific reasons to, to, to oppose it. I, it is my sincere hope that what we have is, is, is opposition, of course, in, in, in the Senate as well. But I'm on Newsmax yesterday, and we're discussing this thing. 
we're discussing the madness of it that you you can just you don't even need an ID, just decide, hey, I'm here to vote. And so that's where where welcome back Cotter uh, came in. I said all you need, and I and I literally wrote it out. I, I grabbed a piece of paper that that I I found, and and I wrote Tony can vote signed Epstein's mother. Producer Ari, you're a millennial. Do you know what Epstein's mother refers to? No, I have no clue. Welcome back. How sad is that? Oh, please. You having never seen WandaVision is far worse than me not having seen Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, no, 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 it's not. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. And you take that back and you apologize right now, you lunatic. No, I'd I'd say I'm in the right here. Me not seeing WandaVision on Disney Plus is more awful than you not knowing Welcome Back, Cotter? I bet you more people have, are familiar with WandaVision than Welcome Back, Cotter in America. I will bet you that more people have no understanding of history and understand WandaVision better. Yes, congratulations. You've won the lowest common denominator poll. That's all I'm after, baby. <laughs> anyway, it was a good joke for people who actually have some culture. And I will eventually get to WandaVision. I mean, I will. Somewhere there's some bootleg uh, uh, of this that I don't have to get Disney Plus to watch it. Right? I, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Ari is not interested in standards and in, uh, in where you give your money. <laughs> but if I get a bootleg, now I'm stealing. So where are my standards? Oh, it's a mess. We're going to have to bring in the clergy to figure this one out. Oh, HR1 is as, as much of a mess as anything out there. And this this conversation about, well, you know, there's going to be uh, a protest. There's going to be armed protests. There weren't armed protests the first time. All the arrests they did at the Capitol, no one had a firearm? Huh. What do you know about that? Hard to have an insurrection if nobody has a gun. Just ask them in Myanmar. Why did they make such a big deal out of what was supposed to happen today? Uh, well, it made for, for good fear factor uh, TV. It gave them something to talk about to continue the conversation about Trump bad. And that is the conversation. This will go on for four years. And it will go on for four years after that. Trump this, Trump that, Trump the other. And there, there will be no more conversations about policy. Po- policy? Pfft. Who's going to... No one's going to care. Oh, no, no, it's just Trump. Oh, no, no, it's just part of a death cult. That's what Beto O'Rourke said. They're going to put an end to the mask mandates in Texas. That doesn't mean that places can't demand you wear a mask. It means no more mask mandate, which never should have been to begin with. Oh, it's a death cult. Republicans are a death cult. Okay, this this civility thing is working out super groovy. It's all Trump. How dare you even talk about policy? The answer is you just support Trump. The answer is uh, you, you want to talk about abortion. The answer is you support Trump. Uh, you want to talk about taxation. The answer is you support Trump. It will always go back to Trump because that's how they believe they can engage the defeating. Pick the target, personalize it, freeze it, and polarize it. While you're describing that or explaining that, they can move on to other things. Oh, you, we don't have to pay attention to you. It's a way of dismissing your fellow man. It's a way of dismissing human beings. Because that's the objective. It's exactly what critical race theory does, as we've been discussing. It's exactly what anti-racism does, as we've been discussing. This is what Marxism does. Dismisses people. 
pretends they are not human and therefore they don't have to be listened to, they don't have to be cared about, and they certainly don't deserve any rights. Speaking of, I've got 80 Democrats who want to get nicer with Cuba. I've got that story coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So there are Democrats who want Joe Biden to be way, way nicer. Way nicer to Cuba. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY. Love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. House Democrats urging Biden to reverse Trump's Cuba sanctions. And calling them cruel, by the way. It was a letter sent, it was seen by Reuters, urging Biden to sign an executive order without delay, quote-unquote, to end restrictions on travel and remittances. Noting that well over half of Cubans depend on the latter. Well, that's not the problem. With a stroke of the pen, you can assist struggling Cuban families and promote a more constructive approach. Who's assigned by? Bobby Rush and Gwen Moore, Barbara Lee, KF Steve, Steve Cohen. Uh, this is this is some foolhardy stuff. Now you know I'm a cigar smoker, right? You know that 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 uh, I, I do a, a show about cigars and bourbon and food called Eat, Drink, Smoke, and you can get the podcast at Apple Podcasts or Amazon Music, wherever podcasts are sold. Eat, drink, smoke. Write a review. Leave a five star review. Subscribe. Greatly appreciate that. Tell all your friends. Eat, drink, smoke. Get it done. And uh, there was actually a story that I was going to get to. I might as well do it Do it now. Uh, about Jordan. So when Michael Jordan and they, they put out that documentary, The Last Dance, which I thought was very interesting, and then you realize how much control uh, Michael Jordan had over the documentary, and you're like, okay, we don't know the full story. It's very obvious we don't know the full story. That's obvious and clear. Well, one of the things Michael Jordan is doing in that documentaries he's smoking cigars like it's going out of style and you take that documentary and the lockdowns and it's part of what led to the increase in cigar smoking all across the country people were like i've got free time and i've got dollars i'm not spending on nonsense things i'll try cigars we've seen spirits go up wine went up cigars went up and when we talk about time if you didn't have a commute right an hour an hour to work and an hour back you gained 10 hours a week. You got to fill it with something. A lot of people filled it with uh, cigars. According to the reporting, he smoked six cigars a day. Now, I'm a professional, ladies and gentlemen. I do this for a living. Nope. I do not smoke six cigars a day. He has more free time than you. Uh, now, that's true. That's true. But the question is, could I smoke six cigars a day? Yes, you Are you kidding me? Of course you could. No, 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 no. You, got, you, got, you have not done the mathematics here. You got to be asking yourself a couple of questions. What time does the day begin? And then what type of cigar is being smoked? If you it have is, $100 billion, the day begins whenever you want it to. Correct, it does. If you have that. For the rest of us, you might not. Does the day begin when you wake up at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. for breakfast? 
and you start with a cigar, people do that, breakfast-type cigars, right? Something a little more mild, something that maybe has a little more of, 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 of a tobacco that brings you those, those chocolate notes or maybe some, some, some hazelnut, uh, some nut in general, and then you, you might move into some stronger stuff during the day or you, you get a little stronger earlier in the day and then you kind of relax with some, some softer notes, uh, maybe like an avo lounge uh, toward, towards the evening time. Six cigars a day is a lot. So he has an affinity to the Partagas Lusitania, which is a Cuban, and will run you about $500 a box. So he's paying about $20 a stick. Now, in the world of cigars, you do not have to spend $20 a cigar. You also, by the way, don't have to get Cubans in order to have good cigars. Those days are over. Let me declare that now. You do not need to have a Cuban cigar in order to have a good cigar. It's unnecessary. The seed itself has traveled, right? As people have left Cuba, they've taken them places. Ecuador, Honduras, uh, uh, Nicaragua. I mean, what they're growing in Esteli is stunning. Of course, what they do in the Dominican. You don't need it. Now, one or two Cubans are still really exceptional. The Bahique from Cohiba. I have not had the Lusitania uh, from Partagas. $500 a box is, is, is a fair amount of, of, of money. Now, I don't know how big this box is, that it's only, you know, is it 20 cigars? So it's 20 cigars in, in, a, in a box, $20, $480, right? Um, there are plenty of cigars you can get for less. But good Lord, good Lord, six, six cigars a day is a lot because the other question is, what size cigar? If you're talking about a Robusto, talking about something that's five inches long, uh, well, I, it, it could be pretty easy. It could be pretty easy to do that. If, if, if you're talking about a, a Churchill, something in, in that, in that seven-inch-plus range, depending on how you look at these things, that's a lot of time. That is a lot of time to be spending on a smoke. So, no, you don't have to spend $20. Just ask me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you advice. The best I can. But uh, there are plenty of cigars I smoke that are, are, are in the $30 range. Six? That's a lot. Nah, I, I couldn't do it. I could not do six a day. No, 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 no. Wouldn't matter if it was a Robusto or what have you. This is Tony Katz today. As producer Ari well knows, I am a sucker. A sucker for a wedding story. You do love a good wedding story. I don't know what it is. And I'm not talking about, oh, how you met. I'm not talking about where'd you get the flowers from. No, 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 no. I'm talking straight up Bridezilla stories. It is a guilty pleasure that I own. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it's there. I, I think what I like about it is that it's this weird look in, into uh, the human psyche. And thus... I share this story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, so good to be with you. Twitter, uh, Parlor, Instagram at Tony Katz, really Parlor and Instagram, but Twitter, I'm there. And of course, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. And it dawned on me, I was talking about cigars earlier, I never got back to the whole point, which is you've got these 80 Democrats who want the U.S. to be nicer to Cuba. I'm not interested in being nice to communists. Well, we deal with China. Yes, we do deal with China. And I wish we dealt with China less. And I wish we brought more manufacturing back to the United States. Communists can't be trusted. Film at 11. 
communists cannot be trusted. The objective is not to be nice to Cuba. The objective is for Cuba to stop going down this communist road. Oh, the Castros beat us. If you want to call living in that kind of holy hellscape beating us, congratulations. Feel free. Sure, maybe somebody should have let the guy play baseball when he was a kid. None of this would have happened. I'm not interested in being super nice to communists. Now let's get to the wedding story. The story goes that there is this couple in Australia that asked their wedding guests for money. All right, that's an odd thing, right? They would they would give a, a gift. It was it was on the uh, invitation, and it, and it reads as follows: Our bank account is in debt, and we would like it to go back into credit. Please visit the ATM. We know you're a gem. Pull out your greens and let it be seen. I guess green is the color of their hundred dollar bill. And that's, and that's why they said greens. Pull out your greens and let it be seen that your kindness is real when it's given its final seal. So place your cash in our wishing well and make our dreams come true. That will be swell. So this thing, this part of the invitation is called wishing well. So I have not been able to figure out, are you talking about um, a... Uh, in addition to a gift, you want them to give you $100? And when you say, please visit the ATM, it's like, wait, wait, wait. Is the ATM at the wedding? Did you literally have an ATM machine set up at the wedding? Because I actually think that's a little bit of kind of genius, personally. So the question before us is whether or not this is acceptable as a practice now producer ari you uh just got married but but you didn't have the big wedding because of covid you're gonna have that right yeah in october uh, when is it october oh, i'm busy that month i that's i, I mean they cancel the wedding then because if right. you're not in it then there's no wedding right right oh oh please i don't I, i'm not even expecting an invitation just so we're clear you're the yeah. best man are you kidding me oh is that right that's right that's a best friends gotta stick together that's a What's happening here? Here's the question. Is this tacky or is this acceptable? First, I need to understand, is it okay in lieu of a gift on the registry to ask for a check? Is that okay? All right. I I, I will say this to you right now. I I did a, a, a registry. Many, many people do. Looking back on it, I think the idea of a registry is wrong. Now, conceptually, I get it. Hey, if you're looking to give us a gift, here's some things we like. But the registry is now based not upon how much you like the guest, but whether or not the guest really likes you. And, that, and therefore, I, I, w- I would do away with it altogether. In lieu of what? What do you do instead? Well, well, you can buy your own gift now, right? You can. You don't have. Doesn't have to be from a register. You can be like, "Hey, I think this would be nice." I thought. I saw this. I thought of you. Okay. Right. That's enough. Now there are people who will tell you. Now this is very, very true of the South, as I have seen it. People can disagree with me. That you do not give cash for a wedding. You do not give a check. You give a gift. It would be. It would be gauche. It would be tacky. It would be wrong. It would be rude. It would be disrespectful to give cash. For, for a wedding. Don't be ridiculous. You can't do that. You give a gift. You give a thing. And I will tell you 
that we were given gifts that we still actually use. And I will admit to you that I do remember the person who gave me the gift, even if I haven't spoken to them since. <laughs> which, which has absolutely positively happened. Um, then there is the New York, New Jersey uh, in me, right? Born in Brooklyn, grew up in Jersey. And the answer is, what are you nuts? Of course you give cash. I mean, you can write a check. Of course you give cash. A little envelope, boom, ba, boop, hey, for later. And that's what you do. It, it goes without saying. Cash is absolutely acceptable. Anybody who tells you cash is unacceptable for a wedding, that's not somebody to invite to your wedding. Is it acceptable to ask? Ah. I don't think so. It's it's awkward. I, I I get it, right? I guess you could say, "Hey, guys, we if you're thinking about getting us a gift, you can you can you can give cash instead. We appreciate it, right? I guess you could say that, but I don't think I'd put it on an invitation if I was speaking to somebody. I'd be like, "Look, look, look. We we love you. We're thrilled that you're coming. We'll take the cash. All right, between you and me, we'll take the cash. I've said too much, and that's where you leave it." And then people do what they do, and, and that's it. We've, we've talked about stories where uh, the bride has said, yeah, you haven't given us a big enough gift. This isn't enough. Isn't enough. Did you invite the people to share in the day, or did you invite the people for the gift? What in the world? Oh, the bridezilla. There you go. It's, it, I mean, it's, it, what did you invite them for? If you invited people, you know, uh, uh, just so you can get more gifts, you're doing it all wrong. Then again, people do weddings all wrong. You're not supposed to invite people just for the gift. I will tell you that when I think about my wedding, and 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 producer Ari, uh, you you use this, you know, we've had. What, I know what exactly you what you're going to say, and I I I'm doing exactly what you told me to do. Okay, I, all right. Let's let's make sure. Um, I'm going to say it again, and let's say, let's see, let's see if you're going to do exactly what I told you to do. When I think back upon my wedding, mm-hmm. when I think back upon uh, the, the the party that we had, uh-huh. we should have gone to Italy for a month. I I, I say you said you spent you don't spend a ton of money on the wedding. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! A, spe- a bunch of money on a party for a group of people you're not going to talk to in ten years, and you barely like now. Pfft, screw that! I regret it with everything in me, every fiber of my being, and I am a man of very few regrets. I mean, I'm sure you had a lovely wedding. You think regret- we had a, we had a regret- lovely, regret- lovely wedding? Regret cannot be the right word. It is. Oh my God! You don't. Regret I, you know what I can wedding. be talking about right now? I could be talking about that month we spent in Tuscany. Okay, but I understand that, but you don't regret your wedding. Like, you, you, you know, you have, you wish you would have done it differently. Oh, well, let me say it again. I don't regret getting married. Getting married is probably the best move I've ever made in my life. The actual wedding itself, the whole thing, you better believe I do. Huh? All right. A hundred and fifty percent what a nonsense ridiculous mistake second wedding just do it better uh please don't make me go through this again i i i found someone who is who is perfect i'm not doing it again no how oh oh we should my wife and i should have a second wedding yeah 
Like a redo. I've uh, seen it before. No, I want to skip all that and do the month in Tuscany. I've learned my lessons. Okay, fine. Skip the wedding. Just do the the vacation. There you go. I I am I am here to tell you, and I and I would tell anybody this. I would tell anybody who was there this. Uh, you're 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 nice people. I would much rather have the memories. And so, part of it was you know I, I was young and dumb and and amazing how many things I did for the very concepts of rote R O T E. You did it because this is what you do, and the answer was I don't want to do that. And once realizing that, I, am, I haven't made those mistakes again in my life, and everything's been better. Everything has been better since doing that. So is it wrong for this couple to ask this? Yes. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, because you said, hey, guest, you don't really matter. What matters is what you do for us. That, that's that's what you said that matters. And for that, I wouldn't want to show up uh, to your wedding. I don't think anybody uh, should show up. And whoever's idea this was, uh, the, the the other potential spouse should realize, hey, maybe I'm marrying the wrong person. On which ca- unless, you know, you both had this idea, in which case you're both marrying the right person. <laughs> May you be equally miserable for the rest of your days. I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Emerging California-based distillery Lynx Spirits recently announced the release of Lynx Bourbon, a bourbon created with a focus on female taste preferences. According to the Whiskey Wash, the newly unveiled drink is a handcrafted straight bourbon with a custom-weeded, handcrafted mash bill containing corn, wheat, and malted barley. Lynx says its bourbon has an aroma of creamy vanilla and warm spices with no added colors, preservatives, rye, sugar, or gluten. Lynx bourbon is currently distributed within California and on the company's website for $80 plus shipping directly to your door. For more information on Lynx bourbon, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eatdrinksmoke. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform. Eat, drink, smoke. So is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo going to be running for president in 2024? He was on Fox talking to Sean Hannity last night. You tell me. Sean, I'm always up for a good fight. I care deeply about America. You and I have been part of the conservative movement for an awfully long time now. I aim to keep at it. All right. I'll, I'll take that as a strong maybe. Strong maybe is the right way to take that. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. A lot of people are going to be talking about 2024. Well, if Trump's in, they're all out. Yeah, but you don't know if Trump's in. You cannot make this calculation. Everyone's got to get this this straight. Trump in, Trump out. What's he going to do? I don't know. But you can't not move forward. If you are a Republican, you have to move forward like you're running. Because I will put forth to you, I think the I'll place my marker down. I don't think Trump's running. I, I don't think he's running. He's 78 years old. I don't think he's running. I think he'll just name the successor, if you will. So, but, but even if he does, I mean, you still have to plan just in case. So, of course, you got to keep it going, especially if you want to get invited to do the speaking here, be on the show there. Maybe you got you got to write your book and you do the book tour. 
A lot of money to be made in running for president. And you got to keep the name ID up, right? You, you want another cabinet position? You want another this, another that? You got to keep the name ID going and growing. Of course you do. Of course you have to have it out there. I, I'd, I'd be surprised anybody didn't, you know, uh, follow that. Uh, Jim Cramer is over there at CNBC, and I will admit I'm not one of his acolytes. Also, don't ever take stock advice from me. He believes that travel is going to come back in a huge way. It's going to be a boom here in this country, and I don't think people are ready for it. Like a sky's the limit situation. Um, I have been working on, you know, of course, I just did the trip to Orlando, and I, and I was thinking about maybe going away for spring break for a couple days, getting out for, for a little bit, where a place where I wasn't working. And, man, things are more expensive than I thought they'd be. And then I started looking at, okay, what am I going to do this summer? And things are more expensive than I thought they'd be. By the way, I have no idea how a, a the traditional family of four conversation, I have no idea how they afford vacations. How much debt are people in? Family of four, a week, anywhere. Is that done for less than five grand? Family of four, the flight, the hotel. And let's say you're still all sharing the one room situation. You don't even need the second room. Can it be done all in for less than five grand? Now I ask the question, how many people have just the extra five grand laying around? And then I see all the people who are able to go on vacation or at least post photos on social media. And I'm like, exactly how much debt did they go into to go on vacation? Because I look at it, I'm like, no, okay. All right, I, 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 I guess we're staying home. I'll, I'll blow up a pool and the kids can jump in that. Uh, they're bigger than the pool now, but it doesn't matter. Travel boom, if the pricing stays low, uh, most definitely. Then there's Representative Jamal Bowman, part of the squad, progressive out of New York, defeated Elliot Engel. He wants you to know that standardized testing is a manifestation of systemic racism. A couple tweets. Standardized testing is a pillar of systemic racism. Then shared an article from the NEA, the racist beginnings of standardized testing that was published back in 2018, the New York Post, with the reporting. Now, I have heard people complain about standardized testing for years. And one of the arguments is, as we've made before, people learn differently. Boys learn differently than girls. So you could have different results on standardized tests. And if you tell me you want to get rid of standardized tests, oh, okay. Just what, what are you going to utilize to determine, you know, the efficacy of the education of your child? But if you want to call it systemic racism and think that other people who might not look like you, Jamal Bowman, are going to get worked up. Jamal Bowman is black, by the way. Um, you're talking to the wrong people. If you, Jamal Bowman, congressman, part of the squad, progressive Democrat, want to call teachers racists and guilty of upholding systemic racism, you go right ahead. I don't mind if you call teachers racist. I think Jamal Bowman can call teachers racist and administrators racist and superintendents racist all day and all night and all the time. Because that's what Jamal Bowman, congressman from New York, is doing. He's calling all teachers racist and bigots. Guilty of systemic racism. Sure. Call them that. I don't know what those teachers are going to do, but if you, Jamal Bowman, want to call them that, you think I've made my point?